Ohio. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. A chance to sit down with Lincoln Police Chief Teresa Ewens for the conversation on Lincoln Live. Chief, good morning. Good morning. How are you? All right. Let's start with uh, a meeting about a month ago. This was held at Joyo Theater in Havelock, addressing dangerous activity on O Street in the form of drag racing. Uh, update listeners on what's been going on since that June 16th meeting. So we've been doing a lot of enforcement. Um, we've been, you know, both the, the teams have had their people out there. Uh, some of it, it's not just about giving tickets. It's also about having that conversation. So they also give a lot of warnings um, at the same time. Um, unfortunately, we had um, another individual killed uh, because of an illegal U-turn. And people are just not paying attention. And it's heartbreaking. Um, no one can feel understand the pain of that family of losing a 19-year-old um, son. I mean, it's, it's a mistake that, and the guy is still outstanding. Um, he ran. Uh, so if anyone has any information about that, please come forward. But, you know, it's just, it, these are things that um, people, people are responsible for, for their behavior. And we have to get more in tune with that. And so uh, we're going to continue doing enforcement, working with the city on how we can change, um, you know, whether the light, timing of lights, whether people should be even turning when others have green lights, things like that. I mean, those have to be examined and see what we can do because it, it is considered a highway. On that hit and run, you can go to kfornow.com, mine down through some of the stories. You'll find the details, but he has not been found no, he's as not. we speak yes. here this morning. So this is so multi-layered. Uh, you have potential cell phone issues. You have other mm -hmm. people in the car issues. You have inexperienced driver issues. I'm not saying that applies to any of the fatalities or anything going on, but those are mm -hmm. contributing factors mm -hmm. in traffic crashes at yes. high speeds on O Street. So how do you get people's attention? Well, they just need to be paying attention to what it is that we're talking about. I mean, you know, unfortunately, I think society believes that it it doesn't impact them. You know, it's somebody else's family that's impacted. And so there's this a bit of a detachment, I think, of of responsibility and, and that we're still a community and we are responsible for each other. And, you know, when you have a vehicle, which they're building to be really solid and you're, you're going to survive a, you know, a collision majority of the time because they've perfected, you know, the, the structure, the, the, you know, the alerts if a car is getting too close, things like that. I mean, but, you know, you still have some responsibility. You can't just think being in making that kind of mistake, a U, an illegal U-turn when cars are coming um, is appropriate because that impacts a family. More and more I hear about revoking the driver's license. Help me understand how that would be. I understand mm -hmm. it being an option. Yeah. Do you, do yeah. you get, a, a boss told me once you get two chances, that's one. Do you give them chances? Do you take their license right away? Do you look back at a record and see if they're repeat offenders? How do you go about getting to that point where you take a license away? Um, well, we, we don't. The state can. The courts can. Um, you know, it's about... If you 
if you have a moving violation, you'll get a point mm-hmm. on your record. Right. And that's what adds up. If you go to, you know, traffic school, then that might be off of your record. But there's only so many points that you can you can have and still have your driver's license. Now, we can, what our officers can do is um, complete a form in which I approve to go to the state for, for basically um, retesting somebody because their behavior was so egregious that um, obviously they, you know, should they really have a driver's license? So, I mean, there those are the options, but I do agree that um, some people just shouldn't be driving. People don't have the skill set to do that. And it impacts jobs, it impacts families. And and so it, it really does benefit people if they, if they, if they learn how to drive, learn oh, how I, to drive at the age of 15 and a half, 16, yeah. And, yeah. and really do it the right way. I know. I ride a motorcycle. I see stupid people all the time. I can't tell you the last time I took a driver's test because in the state, mm-hmm. you are able to just roll that over yeah. term after term after term. I don't know if that's right. That's a whole nother yeah. show. That's a whole nother show. Police Chief Teresa Ewens. Let's get into something else here. Uh, Starting in September in Arizona, it'll be illegal to film a police officer from within eight feet Mm -hmm. after a verbal warning while police are conducting law enforcement activity, in quotes, and that's defined as arrests, questioning suspects, and handling those who are emotionally disturbed. What will happen in Lincoln if someone films a police officer under those circumstances? So uh, let's go back to, to why. So um, what we've seen in the last like three, four, even years, uh, even more so, um, and I've worked on the street the majority of my career, is that you have people that try to interfere with an arrest. Um, or they believe that you're doing something to somebody that is mentally ill um, instead of you know, preventing them from harming themselves. They'll get in the way. Some, some will get injured if they get in the way. Um, but filming, it's not, they're not saying don't film. They're saying keep a distance um, so we can do our job. There's a lot, of, a lot of people that will just, because we are, are contacting somebody, will be screaming at us, you know, leave that poor person alone. Well, that poor person is in need of help. And so when people come with a lack of knowledge, uh, it, that's what elicits this. And I think it is about everyone's safety in general. Um, there are plenty of YouTube videos of people um, jumping on the backs of police officers trying to do their job. Uh, people have guns. They have knives. They have things that officers have to wrestle away from people. And, and so you're distracted by somebody that is going to be, you know, in, in that safety space, um, sometimes pulling out the equipment on your belt. Um, you know, it's the officers are not able to do their job and do it safely. You and I are sitting about four feet apart. We're in a room mm-hmm. about eight feet, yeah. ten feet. Uh, what harm is there in that span that would keep an officer from doing his or her job? Wouldn't it be better mm-hmm. to have it filmed? And then later, yeah, but you're saying that they don't—they don't have the right to film. They're not saying that. They're saying you can film, and from one end of this room to the other that we're in right now, that is about eight feet, you can film. They're just saying do it at what's, a distance. What's magic about eight feet? 
tell, tell me, as, it, a, as a police you're officer, gonna have to is, ask eight, them, is eight feet invasive in your in a police officer's world? No, it's think? a distance in which you can tell someone to get back. So it's an arbitrary. And you're, you can look at the videos on, on, on YouTube. I mean, obviously okay. there are some things that are, some officers have done stuff that's inappropriate, um, like grabbing people's cameras and things like that. We don't do that. that we should not do that. That won't happen in Lincoln. I certainly hope it would not happen in Lincoln. Our, our officers are really good about that. Mm -hmm. And plus, I mean, keep in mind we have body-worn camera and we have car cameras. So, I mean, we have our own cameras that are filming constantly. So it'll support whatever whatever the statements are. But, you know, the eight feet is, a, is just a safe distance for officers to be able to do their job while being able to tell someone to get back. I mean, you do that all the time. I mean, you can imagine where I came mm -hmm. from. You're constantly telling people to get back. You're constantly because yeah. because they're coming in your space and and whether they're trying to we have people that officers have taken guns from people it's on the ground people will come and take that gun you know you there's some there's some things that people the public doesn't necessarily understand about these situations um, but I don't think and I haven't read what the law is yet but I don't think they're saying don't film they're saying you got to be at a safe distance right. in order to do that thank you for bringing me back back around to that eight foot mm -hmm. distance. Now we go to Chicago. <laughs> Last just month, going around the, country. the Chicago police set in place a policy stating that officers are prohibited from chasing people on foot, especially if they're running away, in quotes, or if they've committed minor offenses. Now officers are still allowed to engage in a chase if someone has committed or is about to commit a major felony. And I chuckled at that. How do you know as an officer whether they're about to commit a major felony? But does that does that make sense to you? This is something that uh, many law enforcement agencies have, have been going to. Um, I think Oakland says that if you turn a corner, you can't continue the chase. You know, there's these things that are put in place and I don't, I don't necessarily agree with it. I mean, we're talking about public safety. Um, you know, if you have a call for service, and keep in mind, you know, there's a call for service and then an officer being proactive and getting out of the car and taking somebody on. Um, let's just use an example of gangs. You know where those lines are for the gang's territory. If you see an opposing gang member in the territory of somebody, someone else's territory, then you, if you don't take that person on, someone, there most likely would be a shooting. And so if that person's majority of the time they're there to do that so if you're taking them on and let's just say they're on probation parole you have a legal right to actually take them on because you have enough information to know that this there's something wrong with this um so are you saying that that you know an officer's instincts and knowledge of an individual or a situation doesn't play into this it, it you can't according to that you can't use your own experience and knowledge to to actually get out of your car and, and take action to prevent crime from occurring. You you don't know you have a felony until until you actually have all sides of the story, mm -hmm. including the person that you're running after. Sometimes it's just simple brandishing. Brandishing is a misdemeanor. And so, you know, so are they going to then write that officer up and and he's in, he or she is going to be in trouble? Because it, the story turned out to be brandishing a misdemeanor you know there's there's some things that people don't want officers doing anything i i'm confused i'll have to read deeper i'm not sure who's whose safety is in danger here is it the person being chased by the officer or is it the officer chasing the 
suspect. I. You could see it go either way. Yeah, you know what? It, it's just it's a it's a hard one because you you want to prevent crime. We don't want to be in a situation where we are, um, and we are organizations that just go to calls for service because the public is calling. There are people that are really hurting out there in in certain areas of this country that are inundated with violent crime, gun crime, um, and. We're going back to that time where families have to lock their their doors at night because and they can't go out. I mean, I just I know that sounds a little extreme, but I I do feel that people don't feel safe, and the people that need us the most are being drowned out by by others, and we're not we're not hearing them. And I think that we need to hear them before we start making these these policies. The time is coming where you and I will sit down for a gang conversation. Yes. I really want to do that. I want to tap into your San Francisco experience. Mm -hmm. I want you to en enlighten listeners about what you know about Lincoln's gang mm -hmm. presence. Okay. Can we do that sometime? Absolutely. All right, we'll do that. Police Chief Teresa Ewan's with me this morning on Lincoln Live.